guys, on today's Launchpad podcast, we are wishing you a happy new year. So this will probably be airing on the second. So happy new year. I had to do a little math first. Matt, what movies are we talking about on today's What Have You Been Watching? We're going to talk about Santa Jaws. Okay. Which is just, just what it sounds. We're going to talk about a sweet-ass French movie called Dial Code Santa Claus. Awesome. We're going to talk about The Endless. And we're going to talk about that other thing you told me. Train to Busan. I watched it on the plane and I was like audibly gasping. I was so excited about this movie on the plane. Like people were looking at me because I was like, oh, (laughs) you're going to high five the the businessman next to you who's on his way to his next meeting. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing, sir? (laughs) Pretty much. The flight attendant came over and was like, can I help you, sir? Like, No, this movie's just balling. (laughs) This movie's awesome. But we're going to talk about those and talk about some of the things we got for Christmas. So we hope you guys had a happy holidays. And guys, thank you so much for sticking with us another year. We love all our fans, all our fans around the world. We really appreciate you guys hitting us up. Go hit subscribe. Go hit like. Go write a review on Apple Podcasts. Let people know how much you love the Launchpad Podcast because we love you. Keep up with us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Launchpad Pod. And now let's get on with the show. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right. Welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Matt. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays, dude. <laughs> dude. Well. First of all, I have to tell you happy Chitemas because <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know how many people we should have. I guess we should have put this board on social media. But right before the holidays, Aaron wrote a post on our social media and he wrote hashtag Chitemas Eve, C-H-E-I-T-M-A-S-E-V-E. <laughs> and I didn't see it or notice it. My sister-in-law, who is staying with us for a week, looks and she goes, Matt, what's Chitemas? And I'm like, I had no context. I was like, I, what is Chitemas? She goes, Aaron wrote on your social media, Mary Chitemas or Chitemas Eve. And then I'm like, oh, and I'm trying to think like, was that from a previous episode? Is that a pun? <laughs> like, what's the joke there? And I'm really trying to think. And I'm like, I don't know. It could be a typo, but it was like two or three letters wrong. So I was like, maybe that's not, I don't know. And I'm trying to think. So then we text Aaron. Oh, actually, my wife texted you, right? So then why I get don't you this, take it from here? I get this text. It says, Aaron, what's Chitemas? And I'm like, <laughs> is Matt like playing a joke or something? So I start Googling Chitemas like it's a thing. I'm like, huh, no, huh. And I'm trying to figure it out. And then finally, I'm like, where could where could she have seen something that she would ask me? So I looked on a social media and on the Instagram post, I misspelled Christmas Eve. Me and me have fat thumbs. And while we were trying to figure all this out independently of each other, the girls, my <laughs> wife and her sister, did like a in, like an Instagram or a whatever social media search to see who else had tweeted or tweeted or flotted or fluted chitmas. And the launchpad was the only person <laughs> who's ever hashtag chitemas before <laughs> actually there's a few more people now <laughs> they jump they always jump on the bandwagon after we but do it's it. so weird it's just i think it's something that happens like it tries to autocorrect something and you try to erase it and tell it something else and it turns into chitemas because i saw oh. some like elf on a shelf like mary chitemas and i'm like mm, mm, yeah hop on this bandwagon <laughs> dude and it turned that was i mean that was christmas eve and that turned into our 
Christmas joke the whole week. That was your Mary in-family joke? Anytime, well, I was also this, anytime anyone did something wrong, I was yelling out, Christmas is ruined. But as of that day, I was yelling out, Chitmas is ruined. We were singing, dude, we sang a ton of Chitmas carols. We wish you a merry Chitmas. We wish, there's a ton, like every song we were putting Chitmas in nonstop. It was, it was, it was great. So thank you for, you really did make this a Chitmas to remember. <laughs> Next year, we'll have to get some shirts made. The chit- Some Chitmas sweaters. <laughs> Come up with some special Chitmas traditions. <laughs> oh my God, dude. It was, it was fun. But you, did you have a good Chitmas? I had a great Chitmas, man. I went home for the holidays, back to Indianapolis, back to see my folks, the families, all the fams. Uh, Kevin and Meg, who you've heard on this podcast, uh, when they did their Bill and Ted Excellent adventure episode, and we got a follow-up coming soon. We'll get to that in a second, but they live in Indianapolis, so we went home and visited, and I had a great time, man. It was really good. I got to see my brand-new baby niece. She was like 10 days old, a little tiny bundle. Took Rufio. Rufio is a very cultured dog. He flew in an airplane, went with me. Pretty fun. Barf, barf, barf. Yeah. Barf, barf, barf. Cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then um, it was really good, man. I took the, the John Carpenter's The Thing board game with me and got to play that with all my family, uh, which is pretty fun. It was actually awesome. Is that the Outpost game? Yeah. Infection at Outpost 31. Yeah. Okay. Really cool game. I still haven't tried it yet. We definitely, we have to try that. We have to do that. It was super fun. Um, had a good time, man. It was, it was good to see everybody. Good to hang out. Watch some movies on the plane. Do we want to get into that? What have you been watching? Yeah, man. That's that's the one thing. I was I had family over here for for Chitmas, and we were so busy, <laughs> but I did get to watch a lot of movies. So, well, God, fire one off. What, what's something that you watch that we should be watching? So, on the way out on the plane, now I'm late to this this party, uh, which I usually am. I'm pretty late to parties, but... Uh, Chitmas is ruined. <laughs> Chitmas is ruined. <laughs> but I downloaded the movie Train to Busan and watched it on the plane, and this movie is fucking awesome, dude. I am telling you, it's one of the best zombie movies I've seen in a long time. It is a Korean film, Train to Busan. It's zombies on a train. It is so good. And there's a couple scenes that just had me like audibly exclaiming how awesome it was. And I was super plane. pumped by it on a plane. Yeah. Zombies on a train watched on a plane. It was <laughs> super fucking good, man. So basically you got a businessman and his daughter and his daughter's like, all I want for my birthday is to you to take me to see my mom. And uh, she lives kind of far away and you have to get there by train. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. And he's kind of a jerk about it. But they get on the train and that day the zombie apocalypse basically topples all like the whole country every city the train pulls into is just zombies everywhere everybody's dead the military's dead everybody's chasing them and these zombies are fast they're gnarly they their bodies contort and twist as they run so like his arm will be dislocated like flopping behind him and he'll fall over and then his legs will keep running and pick himself up again there's a but there's a scene where a train has crashed and they're crawling underneath kind of a a tunnel that has been made by t- crash train cars and all the zombies are leaning against the windows, banging on them and they're starting to crack as they're crawling under the windows. And that scene is really intense and really cool. And it's just like full of moments that you're like, this movie is awesome. Loved it. Cannot recommend it enough. I mean, I know some people hate on fast zombies, but Hey, if you do it right and the movie is contained in that world. I think it can be awesome. So I'm a big fan of this movie and I think everybody should check it out. When is it from? Like how old is it? I think it's like two or three years old. I think it's like 2015. At, at, okay. And, and, and it actually has a, a 
anime prequel that came out, like an animated prequel called Soul Station. Oh, interesting. So I need to check that out next. And I mean, dude, you got to check this movie out. It's really freaking cool. I don't think I've ever even heard of it, but it definitely sounds pretty. I mean, it sounds exactly like what we want it to be. Oh, yeah. It's not super gory. They actually do a great job of it being really violent without being really graphic. Like there's a lot of gnarly stuff that's happening, but it's not like it's not the the gut rip disembowelments that that I usually like in a movie, but I give it props for being able to not to do its own thing and not have to rely on gore or something like that. Yeah, yeah. pretty awesome. This must have been the chitmus of new discoveries. I watched a chitmus movie that I had seen that it was going to be playing at the Egyptian in Hollywood. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll get to that. And then you and I actually we recorded an episode with uh, Graham artist Nolan. Graham Nolan. Yeah. And after that, you were like, let's go see this movie. And you getting so excited about it got me excited about it. And then sadly, you weren't able to join me, but you'd already gotten my tail wagging so hard. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, I still got to go. The movie has a lot of names. The direct, it's a French movie. The direct English translation is Dial Code Santa Claus. But it's also known as like three or four other titles, including 3615 Code Père Noël. It's French. It is, it is so fucking cool, dude. It is essentially Home Alone. French Home Alone. Yeah. But instead of repelling burglars, the kid is repelling Santa Claus. We, as the audience, know that this is like a creepy pedophile guy who's trying to come and uh, spread Christmas or Christmas joy with this little boy. And the little boy thinks it's the real Santa Claus and he turns his house into like all these like crazy Home Alone traps. But it's even more than Home Alone. First of all, he lives in a giant mansion. His mom is like a toy mogul or something. And the house itself is like part Pee Herman's Playhouse and part the kid's house from Blank Check after he gets the blank check. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Robin Williams vehicle toys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was very similar to that. Okay, okay. He, he wakes up in a World War II fighter plane that is in the house somewhere and we have no context and it's just a room filled and I mean filled with toys and stuffed animals. There's a random bridge like it's part um, you know, hook Lost Boys area and part like Ewok Village filled with plush stuffed animals and a World War II fighter. And that's his room. And he later in the movie mentions that his mom doesn't know that that room exists, which I don't know if that's a kid being stupid and the mom knows or real, but like the house is big and wacky enough that that might be the case. There's a hallway that literally has a trap door in the floor that he tr- keeps trapping his dog in that he will open the door and the dog falls into a net below. Because when we're introduced to this boy who has the coolest motherfucking mullet you have ever seen. <laughs> he, he rocks that mullet, huh? Dude, I, and the, guy, the guys who presented the film at the, at the Egyptian hyped up. Like, they were hype men. Like, oh, the movie you're about to see is so great. They hyped up the mullet. And I was like, there's no way the mullet's going to be that funny. It totally was. Oh. And the kid does a great job. He is like a little Rambo kid. And he covers himself with like a bandolier full of darts for this badass Mad Max double barrel shotgun dart gun that he has. He's got this thing on his arm like a predator gauntlet that controls the trap door and video cameras and lights and shit in the house. And he's he paints his face. So he's like he's playing war and hunting his dog when we meet him. Him and his grandpa get left home alone. In the meantime, there's this creepy pedophile guy who over the you know, very original 
French internet is able to talk to this kid in kind of a chat room. This is where the Santa, the dial code Santa Claus thing comes yeah, across. Yeah, I actually the, looked up, I, when looking up this movie, they explain, had to explain what that was all about. And back in the day, the internet used to be like call boxes before, right. like in America, we had like internet cafes. Well, in France, cafes, they had like right. little phone booths that you would go to and you would have to dial a certain code to get on the internet. And they were essentially like the way this is played out and they don't really explain it much. So I'm lucky that the people at the movie explained it a little bit, but essentially it's almost like, like you said, an internet cafe and they go to a chat room and this boy is talking to someone he thinks is Santa Claus, but we see it's this creepy guy. The creepy guy ends up getting a Santa Claus job at the mom's toy store and gets fired for being a creepy guy, but takes like realizes that that mom is the mom of the boy that he was talking to and through creepiness gets into, you know, figures out where they live and goes to to kind of ambush him at his house, kills some people to get in there. And then like just this chaos ensues where the boy's old and possibly dying grandfather and the boy are like sneaking around trying to get away from the guy. The guy almost gets him a couple of times, sets some traps. He does some amazing shit that like goes nowhere. Like he does a trap that looks awesome, but nothing happens with it. It's a cool trap. Then he does another trap that doesn't seem to work and almost backfires on him. But then nothing, again, nothing happens. So it's a lot of like weird anti-climaxes. But overall, it's great. It's really funny. Tonally, it's weird because sometimes like it's a creepy pedophile guy and you know what's going to happen if he gets there. But then also the creepy pedophile guy later doesn't seem so creepy. And the little kid is having fun with some of it until grandpa gets scared and then he gets worried. Some people are getting killed. Some people are not. It's weird, but it's... A must, must, must see. As you mentioned, it's it's very similar to Home Alone, and uh, Home Alone always has that moment where you're like, man, this kid's really giving them the what for, and then you're like, they're going to kill him if they catch him. Like, right. Yeah, they specifically say that. The stakes are high. Like, if they catch this kid... There's even a scene at, in Home Alone at the end when they catch him, and they say, what should we do to him first? Maybe we'll shove a nail through his foot. Yeah. Or smash his head with an iron. And when they say that, you're like, that shit's serious, even though I just watched it happen to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were able to take it. His head's going to cave in after the first iron hit. So, <laughs> I I mean, I need to see this movie. I know there's also, uh, he kind of John Wicks the kid, and I'm a little sad about that. I mean, that's in the trailer. He John Wicks the kid with what? Like, what do you mean? Well, what is the catalyst oh, for yeah. John Wick? Oh, no, for sure. He does, he does. And it's, <laughs> it's done in a way where you're like, how did they shoot that? Because... I don't believe that it. This is also for this is from 1989. I don't think in 1989, I don't think French cinema had the same rules and protections for animals that our country does today. Oh, don't tell me that. No, I think it was fine when you watch it. I think it was fine, but you watch it and you're like, they used a real dog in that shot yeah. for sure. Ooh, but yeah, that's one of those times where it's like, wait, this isn't fun. That he that that boy is traumatized now. But then later on, it's fun. And then later what on, it's scary. we're dancing around, if you haven't picked it up, uh, Santa Claus kills his dog. <laughs> In front of him, too. Ooh, damn. This movie looks amazing. Arrow's about to release it on Blu-ray, and I will definitely be picking up as soon as oh, they do. I would buy it immediately, especially because Arrow, if you guys don't know Arrow, Arrow is, Arrow is a great company that releases a lot of these mostly obscure cult favorite movies. And just like Shout Factory, sometimes even more so, they get some great, great special features and some great additional supplemental material yes. and stuff on those discs. Absolutely. So if you haven't checked out Arrow, check it out. I believe they're a UK company, so sometimes it's hard to find yeah. the American and Region 1 or Region A releases, but check it out if you can. And definitely dialed code Santa Claus is 
it's worth it. If you if you celebrate your holidays the way we do, it's definitely worth it. That sounds awesome. I have to check that out. Uh, I mean, I didn't get to watch a lot of other holiday movies other than, you know, the standards. It's like, what was it? You know, White Christmas and stuff like that. Uh, Harold and Kumar Christmas. That's one that we like to watch. But on the way back, I watched a, a great launchpad style movie called The Endless. And this is a very interesting, it's on Netflix. It's pretty low budget, but it's about these two brothers that have escaped a, um, well, what they call a death cult. They're like, I got you out of this cult. Uh, and now they're living in the outside. But one of the brothers is like, well, I want to go back. I want to go back and see and just make sure that, you know, it, it's what I thought it was. And they get a tape that kind of is like, well, everybody's still there and they seem fine. Like, why don't we go back and see? So they go back and it's a little weird and things start getting creepier and things start getting weirder. And then weird stuff happens and starts getting into like Mobius time loops and starts getting into like giant, you know, otherworldly space gods and some really crazy shit. And it does a lot with showing very little. And it's a very interesting slow burn. It's, you know, there's, there's definitely not like a Cthulhu monster. There's nothing to see but there's a lot of stuff that they put out there and really cool ideas that they execute well. And I think for a low-budget movie, it does a great job and it's worth checking out. Don't expect a big action fest. It's not like a gory horror movie. It's it's a lot about characters and thinking and these interesting sort of sci-fi elements. you know. And I, I put that on par with like an H.P. Lovecraft story, but it's definitely not like an epic film. So don't expect monsters or violence. It's more character-based, but really interesting. I was I was pretty riveted by it. And if you guys like what he's saying, we've talked about some of this kind of, not apocalyptic, but like future doom stuff with Cthulhu and, you know, H.P. Lovecraftian culty shit. We talked about that for our Famous Monsters episode last year, right? Oh, yeah. That was was a good one. A little bit before this about a year ago. But if you guys, and if you haven't checked out our Famous Monster episodes, definitely go check them out. We did... We did companion pieces on our show for most of those episodes, but if not, go look, listen to Famous Monsters of Filmland's podcast from last year. Around this time, a little bit earlier, you'll hear us guest hosting. You can find the links on our website. I put up the Famous Monster links on our website. Now, and it's, it, those, are, those are definitely worth checking out because it sounds like some of those movies that we talked about are the, similar to the one you're talking about now. What, how old is this one? This is this year. came out this year. And it's throw the name again. The Endless, E-N-D-L-E-S-S. And it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Pretty cool. It's on a lot of people's like best films of the year. I don't know if it's that, but it's it's definitely worth watching. Really cool. You weren't disappointed when it ended, despite the title? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I was very interested. I mean, obviously, I would have loved to seen the monster or whatever the mm. whatever it was they were up against. But I get why they didn't show it, because... The movie was really low budget. Whatever they showed me wouldn't have lived up to what they were trying to tell me. So by them skipping that probably was a better service than them trying to show it and failing. You want to know a good movie to see where you actually do get to see the monster? And it's, I think it's totally worth it. What? A little vehicle called Santa Jaws. (laughs) It's a... (laughs) I saw the pictures of this and it's a shark with a hat on his fin, a Santa hat on his fin. Yep. Awesome. It's not just a shark with a hat on his fin. It's a shark with a hat on his fin. And he's got Christmas lights wrapped around his tail. And he can use those as a weapon. And when he comes, just like the Jaws theme, you hear jingle bells ringing. Jing, 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 jing. <laughs> Eventually, they figure out he's attracted to anything Christmas. So there's a scene where a whole bunch of eggnog goes in the water, like blood. 
and he comes over for that. <laughs> a guy sticks, he's got elf little elf costume on and he sticks his legs in the water. He comes for that. Um, so anything like that. And then they also realize you can't, you can't hurt him unless it's a Christmas like weapon. So they start to make weapons out of Christmas things. It's amazing, including a box that they just find that says explosive and they walk by, they walk out of frame with the box. And when they walk back in frame in the next scene, it's pluralized. So it's explosive. So at some point that box multiplies in and of itself. <laughs> it's, it's great. So the movie starts. Is this like a, who made this movie? Is this like a sci-fi movie? Sci-fi channel. Yeah. Sci-fi They're channel. They're really up in their game with their movies, man. Like I know Sharknado for me was mediocre like i appreciate it but like i think their their original movies are kind of getting better like they they have a good team working on it right now when you make a movie called santa jaws you know what it is you know what i mean it's not like elves where you make a movie about killer elves fighting dan Haggerty, and you think it's a good movie yeah you know when you make santa jaws you know that you're leaning into that but i think that there is a there's a, a a balancing point where you lean too much into it and you're ruining your own joke, which yeah. is what I think happened with the uh, the Sharknado movies. They were fine for what they were, but it, all, the only thing that movie had was that joke. They yeah. didn't try to make anything else. This movie, although it was silly and knew it was being silly, the actors are clearly trying. Now, it looks like each actor in this film was directed by a different director because <laughs> none of them seem to be in the same world. Yeah. But it's it doesn't matter because it's so funny and... Each actor really is acting, and each actor does a good job given what they were done, for yeah. sure. It's not bad acting, per se. Although, there's a lot of lines that are like, uh, you know, I like to check a field because I always sort of run the 100. And you're like, what? And you're like, that's the best take they got of that. There's a lot of like, uh, no, one, no actor was directed to take spaces between their words. All their dialogue is just one diarrhea of <laughs> all their words. It's almost like they were like, all right, here's your line. Say it as fast as you can. Oh my god, the shark's coming. I gotta go to the end of the dock. Cut. Beautiful. Let's move on. You know, it's not like, uh, let's try it again, but try to say it like how people talk. That being said, it's it was it's a lot of fun. The shark is CGI. I think there's a, a couple practical fins that come in and out of the water, but everything else was CGI. But it it's it's sci-fi channel CGI, don't get me wrong, but it's not so cartoony and terrible that it takes you out of the movie. Although, again, when you were looking at a shark that has a fin hat and lights on it and eyes that glow like Rudolph, you're automatically like, I can only suspend my disbelief so much anyway, so don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's worth it. I want to give it at the end, something happens and the shark changes how it looks and it's just go for broke. I actually watched this movie with my wife, Amanda, who I think most of you guys know does not care or is not interested in shitty movies at all. But I've been talking about it so much and for whatever reason, shark shitty movies are the ones that she can sit the longest through and she made it through the whole thing except the last four minutes like literally after the shark was vanquished she fell asleep so she missed the 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 button that ends the movie which isn't that impressive but she was going whoa whoa even at the end of the movie so it's like it's definitely worth seeing it's a lot of fun and this isn't really a spoiler but the uh, you know you know i like to watch movies without knowing anything about it the movie starts in a comic book store. Well, the movie starts in this bitchin' way, and it's revealed that Santa Jaws is a comic book made by this little kid. So I watched this movie last night and finished it at about 10 o'clock. Yeah. I've already emailed and received a response from the comic book artist who drew Santa Jaws about trying to get some original pages. So I'll keep you posted on that. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, we might have to. He's he's a comic book artist in his own right. He's made comic books and stuff, but 
he you know drew this Santa Jaws comic book that is featured throughout the film. So maybe we'll get him on here at some point. That'd and, be uh, fun. Jibber jabber about Santa Shark, <laughs> the comic book. That's too funny, man. Well, speaking of the new year, we have a lot to look forward to, man. I am really excited about what we have going on. Uh, some of the things to look forward to, we have our part two of our Bill and Ted series. Kevin and Meg, my brother and his wife, come back for Bill and Ted's bogus journey. That's going to be next week, guys. We're going to kick off the new year with a little Bill and Ted bogus journey. What else do we have coming up, Rumi? We have we've done some really cool interviews. What what are some of the things people have say, look, to look forward to in the new year? Well, we got uh, a great interview with Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan where we talk about werewolves. We do have a couple interviews that we are in the in the throes of setting up right now, which I think they're going to blow your socks off. But because I'm superstitious, I'm not going to tell you who just yet. But keep it tuned here for sure. We have some really funny things that we've been looking forward to. We're going to actually start getting into our planning for Comic-Con. We're definitely we're going to hit Comic-Con this July. Going to hit Comic-Con so hit hard it, this year, dude. It's we're going to hit awesome. it really hard. So yeah, be ready for that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, man. It's been a great year already. We've had an amazing season. It just I can't believe the responses we've got. I mean, this whole year has just continually surpassed my expectations of what we're doing and what I thought we could do. And I'm just, I'm loving it, man. This podcast is just the most fun. It's so awesome. Oh, I have a bitchin' holiday. Well, I'll call it a holiday gift coming for you too. It's just not ready yet, but it's something that our fans, like when we explain it to our fans, I think they're going to like it too. So if you're listening to this, I couldn't, I couldn't have it here in time for (laughs) actual holidays, but when Rumi gets his gift, you guys are going to love it. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I cannot wait for that, dude. Yeah, we're going to have to get together and do a little roomy gift exchange. That'd be fun. And we have to do like, how long are you in Los Angeles for? Do you know yet? I'm, like, do you know when you're leaving? Uh, End of March, early April. Oh, damn. Okay, so good. So you guys will get some of that uninhibited roomies in the same room flavor. <laughs> no, no over Skype bullshit, even though we're doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love live launch pad, man. That's so much fun. Yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, well, before we wrap up, let's uh let's wrap up with a little di- what'd you get this season? Did you get anything good? Santa bring you anything fun for Tritemus? Yeah, got- <laughs> it's funny every time. <laughs> yeah, um my sister-in-law got me one of those like little you know like little blind action figures that come in a box and you don't know which one you're going to get until you open it. Yeah. There's a series called Sushi Cats, which are based on a photography shoot that this guy did with real cats on fake beds of sushi, and he dressed them up. So it's like literally a cat on a plate of rice or like a little bed of rice with some seaweed, different types of seaweed wrapped around it like a belt. Yeah. And with different things in it, like mine had a lobster in it, a lobster and leeks. And the the cat has its own name and its own personality. And you can collect all five. So I got that and I was dying on the front of the box. It's it's made by a company called Clever Idiots, I believe. On the front of the box, That's there's us. a close-up. <laughs> yeah, right? Clever Idiot, handsome boys. There's a close-up of a cat and coming out of the cat's eye is a like a jewel tear. And the cat has a speech balloon that is saying, why am I sushi? <laughs> That's my favorite part. Why am I sushi? Um, and... There's then there, there I found like I researched it. There's two, there's two I don't know versions or volumes. So you can get one of the first five or one of the second five. So it's like this is amazing. So I went on Amazon, and I bought five. I bought three more and had them sent here. But they're blind boxes. So you you might there's a chance you might get one of the same. Right. Yeah. 
So I have one from my stocking. I got three more from Amazon the day after Christmas. Had them sent here. I opened it. All three were the, all three were the same as the first one. Oh, okay. I, I have a little insight to this. You cannot order these online because all these mystery boxes, if you order it, the people who choose which one to send you send you garbage ones because <laughs> people who are obsessed with these things know when you buy a box, a brand new box, and you open it, they know which row they're normally in. And so oh, I see. the ones at the top and the ones at the bottom, they know which ones are garbage. So the person who picks you opens a box. They're keeping the good ones for themselves. They're sending you the garbage. <laughs> you have to go literally buy the box to get the ones you want. Well, I could tell you that I, I, you know, a lot of people just say, Matt, how do you go through life just being so handsome? And I say, oh, I'm actually very smart, too. And I know a lot about <laughs> math and science. And I did, <laughs> I did the math to figure out what the, the, the probability of me getting four of the exact same you know what the you know what the probability of me getting actually three of the exact same what is it one in 125 damn that's the mathematical probability of me getting blind three of the same fucking cat but it doesn't matter because i'm giving you one and i'm giving two to someone else and then you're gonna try to collect them and then when you get the same ones that you already have that's not this one (laughs) Then you give it to me and we'll no, trade them. I really, I, I put the stymie on all that collective urging. I'll, I'll want to for sure. I'll be like, oh, sushi cat. Oh, I wonder what other sushis you can have. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was probably the most fun thing that I got. I got a bunch of other stuff. Did you get anything? Somewhere in an alternate universe, there's a, a cat opening a box right now with this ginger wrapped in sushi. And it says, why, why am I collecting sushi cats? <laughs> Meow. <laughs> 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 oh, for what Christmas, I got some fun get? stuff, man. I got some good stuff, but um, I got I got a really cool um manga comic book of an H.P. Lovecraft story, which I'm excited to read. Um, I got some cool shirts and stuff, but something really cool is my mom got me the original Ghostbusters toys, not the ones that were stiff and didn't do shit. The ones that you squeeze their arms and their faces like went, ah! Oh, like yeah, they had eyes. like a fright feature. Yeah, their Egon's uh, tie goes up. Well, if you didn't have the broken tie, they all have broken ties now. Like that tie broke immediately. <laughs> Everybody's tie is broken. But like, yeah, their, ma- their jaws would like pop open. Their eyes would pop out. Their hair would like pop up. And she got me the whole set. Janine, Egon, Winston, Ray, Peter. Awesome. What does Janine do? Her glasses pop off her face and her mouth opens and her hair goes boing. Who whose head twisted around and as it twisted around the mouth got really open? Um, that's Winston. Damn. Yeah, his head spun I around. And they had like really weird guns. These didn't look like proton packs. They looked like hammers and combs and hooks and like weird toys. Yeah, they were cool though. I I, I had the shit of those toys. I loved them. Put them in the Ecto One. Fly all did over the place. Come, did the ones that your mom got you come with the ghosts? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was the, the translucent ghost. Yeah, and like the one that has the really long neck and the pointy teeth and the googly eyes. And um, the, the, there's like a blue one. They're like twins. They're like connected together with like little devil By horns. tails, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yes. The tails are held together. Um, let's see. Janine has like a pink one with like crazy pink troll hair. hair. Yeah. Right? That, yeah. Because her gun looks like a comb and you can catch it in the hair. It was good <laughs> stuff, man. I loved it. I loved it. My favorite was- That's awesome. My favorite was Ray because- 
He's got the jumpsuit on, but it's like zipped down to his belly button, sexy like, and it has he's wearing like a Ghostbuster <laughs> t-shirt. It's like I like that he's wearing his own merch under his outfit. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's his like it was casual day at the firehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like his because he, he also had the he had the the ecto goggles on top. That's right. Does his eyes bug out? No, no, no. So his hair lifts up to make his eyes really big and his ears popped out. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I just, oh man, I ha- I love those toys as a kid. And that was, that was pretty cool to get those back and kind of put them Does on the Egon's shelf. tongue come out? Huh? They're- Why aren't we playing with them right now? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, I, I just said that I wasn't into like getting into hard collections again, but I'm like, let's find Ecto-1. Oh, I remember that beetle that turned into a praying mantis. Praying oh. mantis? Yeah, I had that. I actually used that a lot with my superheroes because I didn't like, I was like, who who cares if it turns into a praying mantis? I just used it as a, yeah. a little bumblebee vehicle that they could drive around in. I think you should get your figures and come over and you're, we should play Ghostbusters, try to catch the ghost of Sushi Cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I already have the story. It's like a sushi restaurant uh, is under new management and they're like, Ghostbusters, this place is haunted because the previous owner was like out of fish and he ate, he used his cat as like, and and then he started like killing strays and putting them in his sushi and nobody knew. And now the ghosts of cats are all over this fucking place. And they keep poke, poking up and going, why am I sushi? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how annoying a ghost cat is? Like, I know how annoying real cats are. Like, a ghost, cats are, like yeah. a ghost cat would like, like just his little paw would be like swiping at you from behind really inconvenient places. Like you'd open up the medicine cabinet, a place that no cat could fit into. But now that he's a ghost, all bets are off. But the fact that he'd be not, not tangible, they wouldn't be able to like knock shit down and stuff. They wouldn't be able to get in the way. You know what I mean? Like my cat oh, always walks around I, knocking shit over. I feel like it'd over. be more poltergeisty. I think they would knock shit down. Oh, they'd be knocking shit over nonstop. All over the place. Oh, yeah. All over the place. <laughs> Cats are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty fun. Oh, fearsome flush. You remember the toilet? Fearsome yeah, flush? Yeah, the toilet. You, it, it, you had rolls and you roll, his roll, tongue would come out. Bleh, 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 yep, that ugh. was a good one. What about the lumberjack? Do you have the lumberjack? Yeah, the lumberjack, trash can man who turned trash into can, a big yep. flying fly creature. Oh, man. What about the, I had a skeleton that would like capture people in his ribs and then his eyes and mouth would pop open. Yeah, and you could put his head on other people's head to make his eyes pop yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Granny Gross. Like, she turned into like an alligator monster. Is that the one with the huge mouth? Her yeah. whole face fell off and been, it was a mouth. Yeah. yeah. And then what about... The two traps where you touch the tongue and they snapped closed. Yeah. One was orange and had one eye and, one and the other purple. one was purple and yeah, it had silly face. Oh, man. Ghostbuster toys were awesome. We need to do another what toy a, episode. Foot, football guy. He, fo- he he went on all fours and his whole back his, opened. His butt opened up. Yeah. Skeleton cop guy. Yeah, he was okay. <laughs> Skeleton cop ever- guy was pretty unoriginal. I, I felt that one was always like, meh. <laughs> nice try. Mattel or whoever you were. <laughs> I think it was Mattel. <laughs> well, guys, oh my God. you guys need to let us know what you got for Christmas. Let us know if you got any awesome figures, movies, comic books, toys. What 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 did you get? What did you get picked up? Or did you get a lump of coal? Were you naughty for Christmas and you got nothing? Because you ain't been nothing but bad. 
That's okay. You still listen to us, so you get points from the launch pad. <laughs> Let us know if you solicited Santa Claus with sex for uh, a, a, a platinum mine or anything like that. Or boats. Yeah. Guy, like, <laughs> or boats. I listened to that episode the other day, dude, and I was dying. If you guys haven't listened to our Christmas episode, you should get on it. Our Christmas episode this year was uh, us explaining the true meaning of Christmas songs where we go in depth with a bunch of different Christmas tunes and holiday tunes and tell you what they're really about in case you didn't know. Is a little drummer boy about a little dirt child <laughs> trying his best? Is Rudolph about a bunch of yes men? It was so funny, man. We had a blast. That was really good. Yeah. So keep up with us, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod and on our website, launchpadpod.com. Remember, guys, that Destroyer comes out every Monday, the official comic book of the Launchpad Podcast. Find out what Destroyer is up to. Find out who the mysterious Rocket Man is. Guys, it is all coming out on Mondays. We're loving Destroyer. Big shout out to Steve Prince for making that one of my favorite editions of the Launchpad Podcast in this year. And we can't wait to see what happens in it in 2019. All right, guys, now that 18's over, now that 19's coming, we cannot wait to bring you more Launchpad podcast content. It's going to be amazing. Thanks for sticking with us. Matt, let's do a little high five to blast this thing off for the new year. Happy New Year, Rooms. Happy New Year, dude. Catch you in 2019. (laughs) 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 All right, we're the Rocketeers, and we are Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three. Two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff.